Wait a minute. Have you heard the strange tales of the whistler? I'm the whistler. John was here in this room. I saw him and talked to him. He had a message for me. And while he was here, the room was filled with the odor of musty roses. Another Sunday night, and again, CBS presents The Whistler. I, the whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. And so I tell you tonight the unusual story of apparition. In the midst of a circle of tall, moaning pines spreads an old mansion. On the second floor, a low light burns in a large bedroom. The bedroom of Elizabeth Kemper, the elderly mistress of the mansion. Mrs. Kemper's husband, John, died suddenly a year ago and left his entire estate to his wife, Elizabeth. Shortly after John's death, Elizabeth brought her husband's sister, Bertha, and Bertha's daughter, Celia, to live with her. Since John's death, Elizabeth's health has gradually failed and she has taken to her bed. In the meantime, Elizabeth's only sister, Mary, has come to live in the great house, and Mary's son, Herbert. Now, long past midnight, Elizabeth tosses in her bed and mumbles. John. John. What is it? What do you want? Why don't you say it? Suddenly, Elizabeth's door bursts open, and Bertha moves into the room and stands beside the bed. Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Huh? Huh? <coughs> Elizabeth. It's Bertha. Oh, Bertha. Oh, yes, Bertha. Why did you scream? Scream? Did I scream? Yes. Just as I came in the room. Uh, you must have frightened me. Were you dreaming? No, I... I don't think so. But I don't know. I... I thought John was here. John? You thought John was here? Yes. Standing there beside the bed. Elizabeth. I saw him too. Just a moment ago. What? In my room. Oh, but that's nonsense. Why should he always appear to you? I'm his sister. Yes. Yes, of course. John was trying to tell me something. Something about you. What? He was trying to tell me that you should listen to him. Listen to him? Something about the property. What about the property? He says he made a mistake. Mistake? He says he wasn't killed accidentally. He did it deliberately. He committed suicide. Suicide? Why should he have done that? He hasn't explained that. But he says now he knows the truth about everything. He knows that his reason for hating me and cutting me off in his will was unfounded. And he's sorry. He's been trying to reach you, but you aren't receptive. You claim you've seen John every night since the day he died. I have, Elizabeth. I swear I have. I've seen him many times in my dreams. 
But why doesn't he tell me what he wants? Some night, Elizabeth, John will reach you in your waking moments. Then you'll believe me. But I can't understand it. He didn't like you, and he told me so. Why should he change now? Perhaps it would be best if Celia and I left you. Why should you want to leave all of a sudden? You have your own sister and her son, Herbert. You won't be alone. I only knew what John was trying to say to me. I've told you what he's been saying to me. Mother, is anything wrong? We heard someone scream. At least I thought I did. No, nothing's wrong. Go back to bed. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, what is it? What's what, Mary? Oh, dear me, I, I heard someone scream. What was it? Oh, you're all right, Elizabeth. Yes, Mary, I had a nightmare, that's all. Oh, well, I, I was worried. Better go back to bed, all of you. I'll be all right. Yes, yes, come along, everybody. I'll see you in the morning. Good night. But, Mother, why do you keep frightening Aunt Elizabeth by telling her about Uncle John? I'm not frightening her. She should know the truth. But she is frightened. Why, she's getting worse and worse. Are you sure you have seen Uncle, really? Do you dare suggest that I'm lying? Is that what you mean, Celia? No, no, Mother. I didn't mean that honest. That's better. And don't you ever say such a thing again. But why doesn't he appear to Aunt Elizabeth? She only dreams about him. That's something that can't be answered. There are those who are gifted with the powers to see those who have departed. See them and talk with them. I'm one of those so gifted. Do you understand? Yes, yes, Mother. John is trying to get a message to Elizabeth about me... And because he finds it difficult to reach her, he's chosen me as the medium. What is the message? He left me nothing in his will because he hated me and thought I hated him. But you did. I did not. It was his imagination. But now he's learned the truth. Now he knows I had nothing but his best interests at heart. He's trying to tell Elizabeth to leave all the estate to me. And he will continue to return to this house until his mission is accomplished. Then his soul can rest in peace. I'm frightened, Mother. I don't want to stay here another day. I can't stand it you here. You stay here until I'm ready to leave. Do you hear me? Yes, yes, Mother. I, I hear. Now stop this nonsense and go to bed. Yes, Mother. I, I'm sorry. You'd better be. In another part of the great house, Herbert is talking with his mother, Mary, Elizabeth's own sister. Now, now, Mother, get hold of yourself. Oh, I'm terribly frightened, Herbert. Why should you be frightened? Nothing can harm you. What have you to be afraid of? Oh, there's something awful in this house. I can feel it. I don't want to stay here any longer. We must leave before it's too late. I'll admit that strange things are going on, but I'm not ready to leave here. Not just yet. We don't belong here, Elizabeth is your own sister. I don't think John wants us here. You really believe that John's spirit is walking around this place every night? Well, what else? Then why doesn't he say what he's trying to say and get it over Well, I can't stay here much longer. I'll I'll lose my mind. I can imagine John's not wanting Bertha here, since he stipulated in his will that Aunt Elizabeth must never give Bertha a dollar of the estate. But what's he got against you? Nothing. He didn't say that Elizabeth couldn't leave you a part of it. All I want to do is to get out of this house. Well, I don't feel that way about it. Why should you walk out and leave everything to Bertha? Well, that's why John's staying around here. He doesn't want anyone here. Well, ghost or no ghost, I'm not walking out at a time like this. Then, then I will. I'm leaving here tomorrow. Oh, no. No, you're not leaving. We're both staying until, until Aunt Elizabeth makes her will. You're staying here whether you like it or not. You hear? Yes, Herbert, but nothing good will come of it. I'm convinced of that. (laughs) No? Well, we'll see about that. 
Good night, Mother. An hour later, Mary has finally dropped off to sleep. Then, as the clock strikes three, a figure in white slips into Mary's room and stands beside the bed. Slowly, Mary opens her eyes and stifles a scream. Who is it? What do you want? I want to talk to you, Mary. I have a message for you. A message? Yes. John is here, standing beside me. I, I don't see anyone. He is here. What? What is the message? John says that Elizabeth is planning to leave the estate to you. But he's learned the truth. He knows that his dislike for me was unfounded. He wants the estate left to me, because it's rightfully mine. And he'll never be able to rest in peace until that is accomplished. Oh, I... I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. Then if you want to escape this torment, you must convince your sister that John made a mistake. If you accept any part of it, John will never let you rest. Do you understand? Yes, yes. Yes, I understand. Very well. We'll leave you now. Good night. Wake up. Oh, what? Wake up. Oh, Mary, what's wrong? You're shaking like a leaf. He, he was in my room. Who? John, he was in my room. Mary, what are you saying? He had a message. He said you were planning to leave the estate to me, according to his will. But he made a mistake about Bertha. He wants you to leave it to her. So he can rest in peace. Mary, are you out of your mind? No, no, you must believe me. I don't want any part of the estate. Oh, please promise me. Leave it to Bertha and have done with it. I I refuse to accept it. Get control of yourself, Mary. I'm leaving here in the morning. I'm frightened. And if you had any sense, you'd leave too. If you stay here, you'll go mad. Very well, Mary. If that's what you call gratitude, you can go. Oh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, but I, I won't remain another night. Are you sure you saw John? Well, no. No, but he was there in my room. Did you talk with him? No. No, that is, I... Then how do you know he was there? Well, Bertha told me he was there. Bertha? Was she there, too? Oh, yes. She she told me what he wanted. He said he couldn't reach you. Oh, why should John appear to everyone but me? Well, I don't know. But I, I know he was there. I could sense it. I tell you, there was someone in the room with Bertha. It must have been John. Oh, let Bertha have the estate or something terrible will happen to all of us. Oh, please, Elizabeth. Go to bed, Mary. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yes, Elizabeth. The next day, Herbert goes into town and pays a visit to Henry Wentworth, Elizabeth's attorney. Wentworth was also John's attorney for many years and was familiar with the family for two decades. Mr. Wentworth. You drew John Kemper's will. Yes, I did. Have you any idea why he cut his sister Bertha off without a dollar? No, but in the last five years, John turned against Bertha. Turned against her violently. Why? I don't really know. She was his only sister and he had no brothers. It was very strange. What happened to Bertha's husband? Well, he died about five years ago. Committed suicide. He worked with John at one time. Then John set him up in a business of his own. Thought he went to the wall and the crash of 29 lost every penny. Just couldn't take it, so he killed himself. He left nothing? Nothing but an insurance policy to his wife, Bertha. Didn't amount to much. Five thousand, I think. Were John and Bertha's husband on good terms? Well, apparently the best of friends. How did Bertha's husband die? Took poison. Overdose of sleeping tablets. Oh, I see. 
But from the day Bertha's husband died, John, her brother, seemed to turn against Bertha and shortly changed his will, cutting Bertha off. I was the only one who knew about it until the will was read. Have you any idea why he changed the will? No. None whatever. It was none of my business. Ah, uh, yes. Well, thank you, Mr. Wentworth. I, I appreciate your telling me this. Good day. Then Herbert pays another visit. A visit to Dr. Martin, formerly John Kemper's physician. Dr. Martin is at first reluctant to talk, but finally answers a few questions. Uh, doctor, uh, you were John Kemper's physician for many years? Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. Was there anything wrong with him? You mean, was he unbalanced? Uh, no, no. Did he have any severe ailments? Well, no. No, the last year or so, he seemed to change considerably, though. Became a bit morose. Anything wrong with his heart? Well, yes and no. Yes and no? Well, he, he began to suffer from severe headaches. Took to using a lot of aspirin. Of course, too much of anything's bad. Uh, he was killed in a car wreck. Yes, he'd been to the city and was driving back home late at night. Drove off into the ditch. Did you attend him? I saw the body shortly after the wreck. He'd been dead about an hour, badly smashed up. Was it his heart? Oh, could have been, but I, I think he went to sleep at the wheel. Was there an autopsy? No, it was obvious how he died. His skull had been crushed in. Mm -hmm. Who had he visited in the city on business? Oh, I, I don't know. I never thought about it. Where is John Kemper buried? In the family vault at the edge of his own estate. Didn't you know that? Huh? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I'd forgotten. Uh, well, good day, Doctor. And thanks for the information. Then later that night, the household prepares to settle down to sleep. One by one, the lights go out in the various rooms. Now only that in Elizabeth's room remains. Will there be anything else, ma'am? No. No, Higgins. That'll be all. Has everyone gone to bed? Oh, yes, ma'am. They've all retired. Is the milk warm enough? Yes. Good night, Higgins. Good night, ma'am. I hope you rest well tonight. Thank you, Higgins. The moon bathes the estate in its eerie glow. The big clock strikes off the hour. Then, in the distance, there is the howl of a dog. A mournful howl of impending doom. John's dog crying in its loneliness. Across the lawn from the family vault walks a haggard figure in the moonlight. A figure with long white hair walking toward the house. And a few moments later, the weird figure appears in Mary's room, stands in the shadows and points at Mary. What, what do you want? Who are you? I am John. John? Oh, good heaven. I've come back to talk to you. You must hear me. Uh, I hear you. I made a great mistake in life. I hated my sister, but I know all things now. Bertha's a good woman. I'm doomed to walk this place without rest until I've made amends. Do you understand? Yes. Yes, I, I understand. If Elizabeth refuses to listen to my pleas and leaves this estate to you, you will never rest a moment under this roof, for I can never leave. It rightfully belongs to Bertha, and to her it must go. No, I, I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. I won't stay here. I promise, just just let me alone. I will, if you and your son leave here at once. We will. We will. I, I, uh, where are you? 
John, are you here? John? (gasps) Mary gasps and suddenly falls back on her pillow. Poor Mary has fainted dead away. From the darkened stairway, the great clock chimes out the hour. Three o'clock. Elizabeth, eyes closed but still awake, senses a presence and slowly opens her eyes. Standing close beside her is the white-haired figure, its face hidden in the shadows. No, no, Elizabeth, don't turn on the light. Who, who is it? You wouldn't want to see me. I've been out there too long. John! John! At last I've reached through to you. Oh, I must be dreaming again. No, I... not this time. Why, why are you whispering, John? I'm not whispering, Elizabeth. Can't you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. I... What is that odor? Odor? Yes, a strange odor. Like, like the smell of flowers. A musty odor of roses. Why, I've just come from the vault, Elizabeth. John! John, what is it? What do you want? You're going to make your will tomorrow. Yes, yes. Only you can right the wrong I've done. Wrong? My father left this estate to me with the understanding that I should leave it to birth. Yes, I know. I suspected her of wrongdoing and cut her off and instructed you to do so. Yes. But now I know that I was wrong. You must leave the estate to her. You must right my wrongs so that I can go on to my rest. Yes, yes, John. If you fail to do this, I shall be doomed to walk this place throughout eternity. And all those who come here shall not know a moment's peace. Yes, I understand, John. If you fail me, you too shall suffer my torment with me forever. Yes, I... I'll do it. I'll do as you say, only... I... John... Your heart, Elizabeth? Yes, I... You haven't much time, Elizabeth. You'll be joining me soon. I know. John, where are you? I promise, John. I promise. Elizabeth clutches at her heart, gasping for breath. A few moments pass and she revives sufficiently to reach for the stimulant on the nightstand. She pours a dose, and as she swallows it, she glances out the window over the moonlit grounds. Across the lawn moves the white-haired figure, gliding toward the family vault at the edge of the estate. John! John! (laughs) Elizabeth drops the glass and falls to the floor. A few seconds later, Bertha hurries into the room. Elizabeth! Elizabeth! Mary, Herbert. What happened, Mother? Hurry. Good heavens. Is she all right? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh. She's dead. She's dead. Who screamed? Must have been Elizabeth. Had another attack. What? She's still breathing. Put her on the bed. Well, there's her medicine. I'll get another glass. You stay here, Mary. I'll get the glass from the bathroom. What do you suppose happened to her? Maybe. Maybe it was... uh... Was what? I don't... I don't know. What's wrong with you, Mother? You're white as a sheet. Am I? What are you trying to say? Well, I saw it, too. Saw what? What did you see? Well, I I saw him. John. He was in my room a while ago. I I talked to him. You talked to him? Yes, and he talked to me. I 
I heard him and I saw him. Oh, what did he say? Stop whimpering and tell us. He said. He said. Oh, mother, mother, stop it. Stop it. Oh, I won't stay. I won't stay. I won't. Come back here. Grab her, Celia. Elizabeth's coming, too. Uh, Aunt Elizabeth. Aunt Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth, I... You're, you're all right now. Just take it easy. Yes. Yes, I'm all right. What's wrong with Mary? She says she saw John and talked to him. What? I think she's imagining things. No, no. She isn't imagining things. I I know. I, I saw him do. He was here. He talked to oh, me. Oh, now, look, Aunt Elizabeth. The whole thing is... No, a... no, no. He was here. It was no dream. I saw him walk through the garden toward the vault. When? It can't be very long ago. There was a strange, sickly odor in the room all the while he was here. It smelled like musty roses. Oh, be quiet, Mother. Now maybe you believe what I've been telling you. What did he say? It was about his will and my will. And he talked about Bertha. About me? Yes. He said he was wrong about you. Wants to make things right through me. He knew I intended to make my will tomorrow. And he told me just what to do. Yes, that's what he said to me, too. You? Yes. Why, this is the strangest thing I've ever encountered. Why should he talk to you? Well, he did, I tell you. And Elizabeth must do what he wants. Otherwise, something will happen. What will happen? Well, I, I don't know. I want you to call Mr. Wentworth, the lawyer, and have him here first thing in the morning. I want to draw my will, as John tells me. Yeah, very well. I, I think I'll have a look around the grounds. Never go back to sleep now, anyway. So, uh, good night, Aunt Elizabeth. Herbert wanders about the grounds for a while and finally goes to Higgins, the butler, and after some persuasion obtains the keys to the family vault. The next morning, the lawyer, Wentworth, visits Elizabeth in her room. Well, how are you this morning, Elizabeth? Much better, Mr. Wentworth. Here you had a bad night. Yes, I guess I had another attack. Oh, so? Uh, Mr. Wentworth, I want to draw up my will. I should have done it long ago, but, well, something held me back. I see. Well, I'll take down the data and have it typed, then bring it back for you to sign. I'll be in court all day, probably through the evening, so I'll have to come around 11 tonight. Very well, as soon as possible. Good. Now, let's have the particulars. Yes. To my sister, Mary Wilton, I leave the five-room cottage in Danbury. Mm -hmm. To my nephew, Herbert Wilton, I leave $1,000 in cash. Yes. And to my husband's sister, Bertha Mallory... I leave all other property, personal and real, amounting to some $400,000. What? Please. Amounting to some $400,000, according to my late husband's wishes. What do you mean? John stipulated that you leave not a penny to Bertha. John has changed his mind. When did he change his mind? Since his death. Don't you think we'd better postpone this until you feel better? I want my will drawn just as I have told you. But what do you mean by saying John has changed his mind? How could he? He told me so. Last night. You know what you're saying. Yes. I saw John. I talked to him. He was wrong in his attitude toward Bertha. Oh, this is... This is ridiculous. I want it done as I say. Very well. I'll draw it up this way. But I certainly think that... You think that... I'm insane? Well, since you bring it up, yes, I do. So did I, at first. But I'm not. I'll be expecting you around 11 tonight, Mr. Wentworth. Yes. Yes, of course. I, I'll be here.
it is shortly after 11 the same night. The lawyer has returned the will, and Elizabeth has called her three relatives to her room. Very well, Mr. Wentworth. This is drawn the way I want it. You mean as John wants it? I mean just that. <laughs> I'm leaving the property that was mine before I married John, a small cottage, to you, Mary, and $1,000 to Herbert. All else I am leaving according to John's directions to you, Bertha. That's the way John wants it. And that's the way it shall be. You must do as you think best. I'm doing as John wishes. Hand me the pen, Wentworth. There you are. And I hope you all understand. I don't. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, now that you've got it, Bertha, what good is it going to do you? What do you mean? How much chance do you think you'll have to use it? What happiness do you think it'll bring you? More than it would you. Isn't it rightfully mine? Is it? That's the way John wanted oh, it. Oh, no, it isn't. It's the way you want it. I had nothing to do with John it. John made a will. He's never wanted to change. Elizabeth knows better than Aunt that. Aunt Elizabeth knows nothing of the kind. This is my house now, and the sooner you leave, the better. You'll be living sooner than I will, you and your spooks. You don't believe in ghosts, and you never saw one. I saw John. Night after night, everyone saw him. Everyone but me, because I'm not a dunce. Your own mother Mary saw him and talked to him. Hush, John is dead in his coffin out there in the vault. I saw him. But I did see him. So did I. You wouldn't know if you did see him. We would. We've seen him. Then turn around. Turn around, all of you. And look. John. Good Lord. Is that John? Is it? Yes, yes. Take off your wig. Higgins. Yes, the butler. There's your spook. I'm sorry, ma'am. I, I... You can go, Higgins. I'll explain everything. Yes. Bertha hired Higgins to impersonate John. That's a lie. Higgins would never have done it if he'd known about the murders. I trapped him into it. He confessed everything. Murders? What do you mean? I got wise to the whole thing. I investigated the whole story about Bertha's husband and John's accidental death. They were both murdered. You're lying. I had the bodies exhumed and examined. They both died of an overdose of sleeping tablets. The very same purchased by Bertha at a certain drugstore. He's crazy. He's crazy. I can't even listen. She put the tablets in her husband's aspirin bottle. She was the one John visited. That night he had the wreck. She must have drugged him. That's why he went to sleep at the wheel. I didn't. I didn't. She killed her husband for his insurance. And John cut her off on his will because he suspected that she killed her husband. It's a lie. A lie, I tell you. John never wanted his will changed. I have proof of the whole thing. And the police are waiting outside now. You haven't a chance, Bertha. You're guilty. The police. Oh, What good will all this do you? Where is your fortune now? They'll hang you. Yes, I did. I did it. I don't know why, but I did it. I gave him the tablet. Did Higgins know that? No. No, he didn't know. I... Oh! Bertha, she's fainted. Mother! Oh. No, she hasn't fainted. What's wrong with her? She's dead. Oh, Mother. Mother. Hand me that will, Mr. Wentworth. I want to draw up a new one in the morning. Well, there you are. That's the story. John never wanted his will changed, and for good reason. He really knew the truth. But wait a minute. How did you figure this one out, Herbert? You didn't really have those bodies exhumed, did you? I didn't have them exhumed. And if I had... There would have been no traces of sleeping tablets left. And there were no police waiting outside. I was bluffing, working on pure hypotheses. But it did work. Yes, it worked, Herbert. And it afforded me a very nice story indeed. (laughs) Thank you, Herbert. You're welcome. 
CBS has presented The Whistler. Original music for this production was composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Whistler is written and directed by J. Donald Wilson and originates from Columbia Square in Hollywood. Next week, same time... I, the Whistler, will return to tell you another weird tale. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Wait a minute. Have you heard the strange tales of the Whistler? accept the responsibility of the failure of our marriage. I know who caused it, and I know who she is. I refuse to give you up to her. And so, I have made a decision. Another Sunday night, and again, CBS presents The Whistler. I, the whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. And so I tell you tonight the unusual story of the other woman. Olivia Martin paces the floor of her bedroom. She's been pacing for hours, and it is now long past midnight. Her husband, Fred Martin, did not come home to dinner. He was detained at his office on business. So he said. But Olivia knows that it isn't his advertising business that detains him. And she knows, too, that tonight will be the climax and the final crash of their marriage. The end of everything for Olivia. She knows what Fred is going to say tonight. For months she has been fearful of this moment. And now it has come. Olivia, you awake? Yes. Come in. I thought you might be asleep. How could I sleep? You know better than that. It's one o'clock, isn't it? Yes, Fred. I didn't realize it was that late. 
You don't usually bother to see if I'm awake. Don't I? For the past two months, you've passed right on to your own room. Yes. Yes, I guess I have. Get your business settled? Yes. Yes, I have quite a bit to attend to. Have dinner at the club? Hmm? Oh, uh, yes, at the club. Then why didn't you answer my call? I had you paged. They said you hadn't been there this evening. Oh? Perhaps I hadn't arrived yet. Really? What did you want? I I don't know. I, I don't remember now what I called you for. I see. Well, I think I'll turn in. Good night, Olivia. Why don't you say it? Say what? What you came here to say. If you think I had anything particular to say. I know. I don't know how, but I've known all evening you were planning to tell me something when you got in. Oh, that's nonsense. No, Fred. I've known for months this was coming. I know what sort of business detained you. Another woman. What? First, I believed you. As the weeks passed and I realized you were going colder, the whole thing became clear to me. Then I knew you were evading me. That you were lying about those business appointments at night. Go on. We've been married ten years, Fred. I've done everything humanly possible to make our marriage a success. Have you? I think I have. At least I've tried. That's your opinion, Olivia. Why didn't you come right out and tell me about this woman at the very beginning? Why should I? Oh, Fred. <laughs> it's sick over. I've tried not to believe it. Now, let's not have a scene, Olivia. <laughs> what do you expect me to do, laugh at all? No, not you, Olivia. <laughs> Certainly not you. I suppose you'll say it's all my fault. I'm to blame for everything. It's... Well, isn't that what you're trying to say? I haven't said anything. Then why don't you? Say something. Why do you beat about the bush? You came here to say something. Say it. Very well, since you put it that way, I will. I'm going out of town tomorrow on business. I'm sending my things to the club. When I return, I intend to live there. <laughs> Wait a minute, Olivia. I haven't finished yet. I want you to get a divorce on any grounds you please. Desertion or whatever you wish. Divorce? Do you mean that? I do. Very well. That's the way you want it. There's nothing else I can do. No, Olivia, nothing. Good night. So Olivia sobs herself to sleep. When morning comes, she finds Fred gone and his things already sent to the club. All day she wanders aimlessly about the house like a lost soul. Then as night falls and her loneliness increases, she is seized with a horrible feeling of hopelessness. A strange depression comes over her, and she sits down at the desk and writes a note. Fred, the very thought of losing you, the thought of divorce, the thought of giving you up for another woman is more than I can bear. The shame, the disgrace, the scandal of it all would, I know, drive me insane. Regardless of what you may think, I refuse to accept the responsibility of the savior of our marriage. I know who caused it, and I know who she is. You'd never be happy with a woman of her type. You'd be throwing your life away. I refuse to give you up to her. And so, I have made a decision. Goodbye, Fred. Olivia. Olivia addresses the note to Fred at his club steps out and drops it in the nearest mailbox. She wanders about for a while, then returns to the empty house, takes some sleeping tablets and goes to bed. Then, the next morning at Fred's office, Doris, Fred's private secretary, is going over some papers. 
Yes? Very well. Put him on. Hello? Yes, Mr. Goldberg. This is Doris Hammond. Mr. Martin's out of town for a few days. Yes. Well, Miss Bartow is head of the art department. I'll have her check on it right away. Yes. Yes, goodbye. Yes? Tell Rita Bartow to come in here, please. Miss Bartow isn't coming in today. She's staying home. Has a bad cold. I see. Well, we'll send Jack Mallory in then. Yes, Miss Hammond. Oh, yes, Jack. I understand Rita's ill isn't coming in today. No, I guess not. Well, Mr. Goldberg over at Lake Laboratories wants to know which ad she intended to run next week. Only Rita knows about mm-hmm. that. Perhaps we'd better send them over to Rita's apartment and have her select the one she wants to use. Very well. Uh, who shall I send? <laughs> well, I don't know of anyone who'd rather go on that errand than you, Jack. Well, I'll go if you insist. I don't think I have to insist, especially where Rita's concerned. All right. I'll run over there. I thought you would. Thanks, Doris. See you later. Hello? Rita, this is Doris Hammond. Yes, Doris. How do you feel? Oh, fair. Good. Mr. Goldberg wants to know which ad you selected for next week. I'm sending Jack Mallory over with the layout. He should be there in a short while. Very well. I've forgotten which it was. And send Jack back as soon as possible. He'll hang around all day if you don't. I will. Don't worry. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Hello, Rita. How do you feel? Oh, all right. Just didn't feel like coming to the office today. I thought you had a bad cold. No, not too bad. I'll be all right tomorrow. Mr. Goldberg wants you to select the layout for next week. Here they are. Which do you want? Well, I'd planned on this one. But I think you should make this section in red. Oh, I see. That's easy. I'll fix it up in a jiffy. Stands out better this way. We'll use this one for the week following. Okay. You look mighty lovely, Rita. Thanks. Where were you going, all dressed up? I've got to go out of town this afternoon on that uh, Henderson deal. I wanted to put it off until next week, but Mr. Martin insisted that I get it settled as soon as possible. I'll be back on the afternoon plane tomorrow. You shouldn't be running around too much, darling. Well, I don't really have a cold. That's sinus. You've had a lot of trouble with that in the past year or so. Yes. There's nothing much can be done about it, I guess. Thank heavens it only strikes me in winter. Why don't you try a change of climate, Rita? Change of climate? <laughs> I should think you'd like California. I've always wanted to go there. I've had an idea that I could do very well. Some nice jobs in the movie art departments. I'm not interested in movies. I thought about going out there and settling down, buying a nice little home and really enjoying life. Why should a bachelor do all that? You have ideas about getting married, Jack? Yes. Yes, I have, Rita. Good. I'm glad to hear it. What time does your plane leave? At two. How about a little lunch while you're waiting? Something warm? Very well. Oh, leave your bag here. We'll pick it up later. All right. I've got something important to talk to you about, Rita. Important? Yeah. I got a nice raise this week. That's fine, Jack. I want to ask you a question about you and me. Yes? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, not now. Come on, we'll talk about it during lunch.
Meanwhile, Olivia Martin, having made a decision and formulated a plan, visits her husband's office and calls on Doris, the secretary. Good afternoon, Miss Hammond. Oh, how, how do you do, Mrs. Martin? I was just going out to lunch. Would you join me? I'm sorry, Miss Hammond. I'm afraid I haven't time. I'm in rather a hurry. I have a number of things to do this afternoon. Can I help you? I suppose you're quite busy yourself. Oh, yes, my work is always double when Fred leaves town. Fred? Uh, yes, Mr. Martin. Oh, my husband. I suppose it does seem strange for an employee to call him Fred. But for some reason, I've gotten into the habit and can't seem to break it. He doesn't seem to mind, however. That's so. I can imagine he wouldn't. After all, you're like, well, like one of the family, aren't you, Miss Hammond? <laughs> yes, I've been here for two years. You've been Fred's private secretary for how long now? Almost a year. It doesn't seem that long. Pleasant work, isn't it? Most interesting. You've no idea how absorbing this business can be, Mrs. Martin. <laughs> but I realize it must have a certain amount of extremely interesting moments. <laughs> you should come around more often, Mrs. Martin. How right you are. Things might have been different. Different? Yes. I mean, if I had taken an active interest in the business, well... At times it gets rather dull waiting at home, especially on long evenings when your husband has to stay in town on business. Well, I suppose it is rather dull under those conditions. Yeah. But I mustn't take up your time with personal problems. I want you to have a check drawn for me for five hundred dollars. Very well, I'll attend to it at once. Um, have you heard from Fred since he left? No, I haven't. He phoned me this morning. He did. Yes. He left an important paper at home, and he knew I was flying to Detroit tonight to visit my relatives, so he wants me to drop it off for him at Buffalo. Buffalo? I thought he was in Boston. Well, he, yes, he, he was, but he had to rush over to Buffalo. Some unexpected business came up, and he says he needs you very badly. He wants me to come to Buffalo? Yes, I told him I'd notify you and bring you with me. I'll be leaving the airport about 5.30. Can you meet me there, or shall I pick you up here? Well... Well, I'll meet you at the airport. I'll have to run home for a few minutes. Is there anything in particular he wants me to bring? No. Nothing but the paper he left at home. Very well. I'll be at the airport around five. Do you mind flying, Miss Hammond? No, not at all. <laughs> Good. My plane is a small cabin job. Might be a little bumpy, but I'm rather a good pilot. I'll see you at five. Shortly after noon, rain begins to fall. Round two, the storm becomes heavier. Then Jack returns. Jack Mallory, where on earth have you been? Do you know what time it is? Yes, I'm sorry. I got to talking and didn't realize the hour. Well, what about the layout? Did Rita select one? Yeah, this one. She made a couple of changes in it. So? What change? Oh, nothing important. Just wanted this section set up in red. Stands out better. Mm. Yes, so it does. Well, it... I'd better put it through right away. I I'm sorry to have been so late with it. I'm glad you got back with it before I left. Left? Where were you going? Mr. Martin phoned. He wants me to join him in Buffalo. Something important has come up. Buffalo? Mm -hmm. I thought he was in Boston. He had to run over there in a hurry. Buffalo, huh? Hmm. Strange. What's strange? Huh? Oh, oh, well, I mean his being in Buffalo. What's strange about it? Oh, I don't know. I suppose he could be in Buffalo. Well, what's the matter with you, Jack? Why, oh, nothing, nothing at all. Here, lean over here. What? Why? Well, a little closer. What? Hmm. What's the matter? Well, of all things, 
Now I've seen everything. You've actually had a drink. You of all people. Well, I... I don't approve of it as a rule. But I walked back from Rita's place. And I got my feet a little wet in the rain. Felt kind of chilly. I was afraid I was catching cold, so... I dropped in at a bar on the way back and had a drink. Oh, I hope you don't get sick. Can't afford to have you and Rita both out. No, no that's right. A lot of work to be done this week. Here, take off that top coat. It's, it's damp. Let me have it. Now hang it over the radiator. Well... What's wrong? How on earth did you do this? You've spilled ink on the front of your coat. Yeah. Well, what do you know? Fine thing. I just got it yesterday. I must have done that over at Rita's when I, I blocked that section in red. You'll have to get it out as soon as possible. Uh, hand me a towel from that closet and dampen it. Oh, don't bother, Doris. I'll have it clean tomorrow. Get some of it out now. Thanks. Oh. Certainly hard to get off. It's probably dried in by now. The cleaners can get it out. Strangest ink I ever saw. Doesn't seem to be ink. More like blood, if you ask me. Blood? Let me see. Yeah, it is strange. Let me see that layout. It does seem a little darker than this on the card. Maybe the cloth has something to do with it. Perhaps. Better let the cleaners worry about it. What time are you leaving, Doris? Uh, in a few minutes. I'm flying from the airport around five. Well, good luck, Doris. See you in a few days. Thanks, Jack. Take care of yourself. And uh, lay off the liquor. That's bad stuff to get started on. Are you kidding? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, she tosses it into the desk drawer, leaves the office, and goes home. Then, around five, Doris meets Olivia at the airport. Oh, Mrs. Martin, do you think we should try it tonight? You mean you'd rather not go? Are you frightened? Oh, no. No, not exactly frightened. But... Well, the storm's passed. What's wrong? What? Uh, I don't really know. Nothing, I guess. <laughs> well, nothing to worry about. I've flown this plane in all kinds of weather. Yes, of course. Well, we're all set. Let's climb in. I wish I could have talked to Fred. I haven't the slightest idea what this is all about. You'll know what it's all about in no time at all. What? We'll get there in a couple of hours. Don't worry. we come now? Oh, I don't know. About 75 miles, I should say. Where are we? I can't see a thing. We're not far from Monticello. How can you tell? Can, can you see that down there? No, not too well. I'm flying by instrument. I hope we don't run into a storm. Frankly, I don't like to be in a plane during a storm. Well, I don't know of anyone who really does. We could have taken a train. We could have. But on this particular trip, I was in somewhat of a hurry to get to my destination. Tell me, Doris. Uh, may I call you, Doris? Well, of course. Aren't you just a bit upset over this trip? What do you mean? Just that. Do I seem upset? Yes, you do. Something playing on your mind? Yes. Yes, there is something bothering me. So? What is it? It's rather not safe. A guilty conscience? Guilty conscience? Isn't that what it is? 
What are you talking about? Are you looking forward to a nice visit in Buffalo? Why, I, I don't know. I don't consider it a visit. It's part of my job. And a very pleasant job, too. I'm sure you'll miss the job that is attendant interest. Working late at night, several nights a week with Fred. What do you mean by that? Why should I lose my job? Your job isn't all you're going to lose. Do you know what you're saying? Yes, and you know what I'm talking about. You're crazy. Fred isn't in Buffalo. Where is he? I don't know. But wherever he is, you'll never see him again, you little cheat. Put this plane down and let me out. You're mad. I'm going to put it down straight down on his nose. What? Fred won't think you're so attractive next time he sees you. No. No, you're out of your mind. You can't do this. You can't. You can't. Put that key back in the switch. I want you hear me? I want you. Must Give me that key. Pull up. Don't scream. Pull up. Some strange quirk of fate, Olivia is foiled in her plan of suicide and murder. A farmer rushes to the crash, finds Olivia thrown clear and still alive. Now, an hour later, in the farmhouse... Well, how do you feel, ma'am? What? Why? Who are you? I'm Doc Sanders. Doctor? Where, where am I? You're on Jake Barrett's farm. Found you right after the crash. Believe me, you're mighty lucky. Lucky? What do you mean? Uh, you were thrown clear when you hit the treetops. Got off with a few scratches and a couple of rattling good bumps, but not a busted bone any place. Where? What happened to my passenger? Well, uh, I'm sorry to say she... she's dead. Dead? She's dead? Yeah, she wasn't as lucky as you. I... I'm lucky, am I? Don't you think so? No. No, I don't. I, I'm not lucky. That, that isn't the way. Oh, now, now, now. Take it easy. I know how you feel, but you couldn't help it, ma'am. These things just happen sometimes. No. No, they don't just... What were you going to say, ma'am? Nothing. I... I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, well, they located your husband, ma'am. Jake's driving you back to New York tonight. Now, you'll be all right. Well, Olivia, now you are on the spot. Your vicious plan was only partly successful. Now you've got to face Fred. And how are you going to explain the situation? How are you going to explain Doris's presence in your plane? Fred arrives in town... Spends a few hours at his club. Then in the morning, he visits Olivia. Hello, Olivia. Oh, Fred. It was terrible. Yes, I know. I'm very sorry, Olivia. I, I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, the motor cut off. I, I couldn't find a clear spot any place. I thought I saw a clearing, but it was more trees. And with no motor, I couldn't pull up. You were very fortunate. Yes, I suppose so. Where were you going? Why, well... After you left, I, I got to thinking things over, and I just couldn't remain another night in this house alone. So I decided to, to go to my sister's in Detroit for a while. Why did you cry? I, I don't know. I, I just wanted to get away as fast as possible. Wasn't it a rather bad night for flying? No, I've flown in worse weather. Storm had cleared. I see. I was never so shocked in my life. <laughs> Oh, sorry, so terribly sorry. No, 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 no. Get hold of yourself. You couldn't help it. It was 
one of those things. I know how you feel. Doris was a... Well, she was a lovely girl. Shame. Yes. She was young. Had everything to live for. I know how you must feel, Fred. Yes, I'll certainly miss her. Can you ever forgive me, Fred? Olivia. I, I never want to fly a plane again, never. Uh, tell me, uh, how did Doris happen to be with you? Where was she going? I, I, well, she said she wanted to visit some friend in Buffalo. Asked me if I'd drop her off there. How did she know you were flying that way? Well, you see, I, I went to your office and told her I was going to Detroit and asked her to draw some money for me. Told her I'd be glad to put her down in Buffalo that that's all. I can't imagine why she'd leave the office in the middle of the week to visit friends out of town. That wasn't like Doris. Maybe she had some business to attend to on the side. Maybe. Well, I can't imagine what it might be. Maybe. Maybe it was personal business. Possibly. Olivia, are you telling me the truth? Why? What do you mean? Have you told me the real reason you wanted to leave town? Well, certainly. Weren't you... Well, running from something? What would I be running from? You were carrying out a plan, weren't you? Plan? What plan? Didn't you have a definite idea in mind when you wrote that note to me? Note? Note? It seems you've forgotten the note. Why don't you tell me the truth, Olivia? Yes. Yes, I, I did make up my mind to... to do something terrible. I... I was going to kill her and myself. I couldn't stand it any longer. But after I mailed it to you, I... I seemed to come to my senses. I, I saw things clearly. Realized how awful such a thing would be. I, I just couldn't go through with it. So you decided to forget the idea and go on to Detroit? Yes. I swear I changed my mind about killing her. I couldn't be a murderer. You really expect me to believe that? Fred, you must believe me. You must, please. I know what you think. The note and everything that's happened. That note is certainly definite evidence against you. Note. Yes. Oh, Fred, I swear I didn't. That's easy to say, but... The note is too convincing. Where is the note? You must destroy it. Don't tell anyone about it, please, Fred. What time was it when you visited my office? Oh, I don't know. About noon, I think. And you mailed the note the night before? Yes. And you made up your mind to leave town. You went to the office, told Doris about it, and left at five. Yes, yes, that's right. And what did you do in the meantime? Oh, I... I can't remember. I'm so confused. I... I, I, I went shopping for a while. Are you sure? I don't know. I, I don't know, but I swear I changed my plan by the time morning came. You're going to have a hard time proving all this. It's the truth. Why shouldn't they believe the truth? The circumstances all tie in too well. We had separated the day before. I moved to the club. Several people knew about that. And in the note, you said you knew who the other woman was and stated clearly what you intended to do about it. I know, I know. Then how else can the police look at it? Police? What do they know about it? They've been putting two and two together. But the note... How do they know what's in the note? They were waiting for me when I got back from Boston. They had already found the note. They showed it to me. That's where you made your big mistake, Olivia. Fred, they really think I killed her? Murdered her? They do. What, what are they going to do? The detectives are here now. They want to talk with you. Detectives? Yes. Yes, I, I'll be calm. Very well. I'll come in, Captain Evans. Thank you. Olivia, this is Captain Evans. And this is Lieutenant Davis. How do you do? Good morning, Mrs. Martin. Did, uh, did you gentlemen wish to see me? Yes. would like to ask you a few questions. Yes. Yes, of course. But I haven't done anything. I'm absolutely innocent. I... Yes, I know, Mrs. Martin. We don't want to upset you. Just answer a few questions. Very well. Is it true that your husband left you a few days ago with the idea that you were to get a divorce? Yes. 
He took up residence at his club? Yes. You believe that your husband was in love with another woman? I did. Did you know who that woman was? I... I did. Did you object to his leaving you, getting a divorce? Yes. Yes, I did. Well, after he left you, did you write this note to him? Yes, yes, I... I wrote it, but I... You mailed it to his club? Yes. Next day, you got some money at his office about noon, and exactly five o'clock, you took off in your plane. Yes, but I... I'd changed my mind. I couldn't go through with it, and I didn't. I swear I didn't. Where were you, Mrs. Martin, between noon and five o'clock? I went about town. I... I did a little shopping. I don't remember what else I did. Can you prove where you were during that period? No, I don't see how I could. No one was with you during that time. Did you frequent any establishment where you were known? No, no, I didn't. I, I saw no one I knew. Are you sure, Olivia? I'm, I'm positive. What difference does it make where I was between noon and five o'clock? It makes a lot of difference. Because it was about that hour that Rita Bartow was stabbed to death in her apartment. Rita Bartow? The head of the art department? That's right. The weapon's not been found, and there were no clues to the identity of the murderer, excepting your note to your husband. But, but Rita Bartow, what have I to do with her? You said in your note here that you knew who the woman was. Rita Bartow was the other woman. What? Then, then what about... What about who? What were you going to say? Nothing. I wasn't going to say anything. Not one thing. Oh, yes, you were, Olivia. Yes, you were. You were going to say that you killed the wrong woman, poor, innocent Doris Hammond. Of course, we know you didn't kill Rita Bartow, because Jack Mallory killed her when she turned him down and said she was going to marry Fred Martin. And Doris was the only one who knew about the bloodstains on Jack's coat. She was the only one who could have pinned it on Jack and cleared you, Olivia. But Doris is dead now, and you killed her. Killed the very one who could have saved you. What a shame. <laughs> CPS has presented the Whistler. Next week, same time. I, the Whistler, will return to tell you another unusual tale. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.